Um, so, is anyone here familiar with yes theory? Yes, okay. A few people. If you're not familiar with Yes Theory, it's essentially a YouTube channel designed to make people say yes. Designed to make people get out of their comfort zone and say yes to things. Um, and sometimes crazy things. But the first time I had ever heard of them, they were running a, an experiment, might be the word. Um, but essentially, they found a guy that looked just like Justin Bieber. I mean, like, just like him. And then, yeah. So, and then... They made him up to look even more like Justin Bieber. And um, they thought, you know what? We're going to take a picture of Justin Bieber eating a burrito. But probably not how you're thinking. He ate it from the middle, like, just like this. And the picture went viral. And they came out a few days later. And they're like, it wasn't really Justin Bieber. It was us. Um, so that's the first I heard of him. But they do some really wild stuff, including... Things like running a marathon without any training. Uh, they throw a dart at a map and they fly to wherever that dart goes. Um, they sometimes will fly strangers around the world, ask people, they'll go into an airport and ask people to change their flight right before they're about to get on just to encourage people to say yes to things. Um, and they, they do a bunch of other crazy things as well. But those are the ones that stood out to me as I was um, looking them up. And, uh, but the whole premise is to get people to say yes. It's yes theory. Um, so as we continue our Who, What, Where series, we wrapped up the armor of God last week. And this week, we're going to talk about David fighting Goliath, but specifically um, the armor of King Saul. And after I typed that out, I was like, that was a, that was a really hard transition. That was quite the pivot. Yes theory david and goliath but just hang in there it's going to come back around um but um before we get into the scripture we'll pray dear god thanks for today thanks for the sunshine and the spring weather you've given us on these early march days um and just how how great it feels to go outside and, and just feel that warmth and feel that heat um thank you that we're all able to be here today i pray that you are speaking through me and um even as i mess up um, I pray that people are just hearing what you want heard. They're hearing your truth. They're hearing your gospel, um, and that we're all able to grow towards you. Um, give us, give us wisdom. Give us discernment, and um, just let's let's have a good time tonight. Thank you. Amen. So, just to set up the situation, um, if you're not familiar with David and Goliath. There was a war, but it was kind of a weird war because it wasn't like everybody was just going to war, they decided, you know what, instead of all of this, we're just going to make it a one-on-one -on -one thing, um, and winner takes all. So uh, the, we'll call him the bad guy, was named Goliath, and he was literally a giant. Um, and honestly, like, as I was thinking about it, I feel like he was probably like the Yao Ming of war. And what I mean like by that it's like, I think Goliath was like literally bred, like literally created and raised up to be this like warrior and this, this absolute animal of a man um, for this specific reason, to go to war in a, in a situation like this and, and take, a, take a whole army. But anyway, we're going to jump into the scripture. We're going to be reading out of 1 Samuel 17, starting at, starting at verse 32. 
<clears throat> I'll have it on the screen. It's a little bit long, so hopefully I remember to, to click it. If I don't, sorry, and just listen. I'll do my best. David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. <clears throat> so right there we see that David, um, the, we'll call him the good guy in this story, says, you know what? I'll do it. I'll fight Goliath. 33. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to... Mm, sorry. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to Ga Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze, a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around, but he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. First, um, I want you to know, even as I was writing out this message, I'm writing it straight to myself. Um, and, and if I'm the only one that needs this message, great. Um, but I, I think it's probably more than just me. Uh, the very first part of the scripture makes David really seem like a yes theory guy, like 100% in. He said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Goliath is like, fight me. David's like, yeah, let's go. I mean, that's like absolutely insane in my mind. And then goes on to say how David fought bears and lions. And I don't know about you, but if I see a bear or if I see a lion, I'm not going to fight it. Like me personally, mm -mm. I don't care what's in its mouth. I don't care if, a if one of my sheep that I'm supposed to be the shepherd over, I don't care if it's getting mauled by this lion or this bear. I'm not messing with the lion or the bear. Like, bon appetit, bear. I'm not touching it. But not David. David was 100% in. He said yes to this confrontation. Does David back away from anything, or is he an absolute yes man? Um, well, I want to jump to the end of the passage that we read, uh, where Saul put his armor on him. And, um, like, can you imagine the honor that must be getting bestowed upon you? The king, your king, puts his tunic on you, puts his armor on you, his helmet, gives you his sword. Like, 
I think it's really easy to read that and just jump right past it, but that, that must be an honor. I don't really know what to compare it to. Uh, the only thing I could think is like, if one of the presidents of the United States like put his tie on you, but I don't think it would have the same feel. But what did he say? Did he say like, oh yeah, thanks so much. This is awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm so honored. I'm going to go fight this Goliath. No. He said, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Like what? He took them off? He said no. Here's King Saul honoring, trying to protect him, trying to help him. And he refuses. He's like, nope, it's not going to work. Now, here's the contrast I, I want to give you all today with, with the thought of the armor of God and the armor of Saul. Is that like over the past few weeks, we've been talking about the armor of God and how you need to put them on to be effective and what you need to do to equip yourself for war by putting on this armor of God. And today, uh, we're looking at Saul's armor, but specifically under the light of needing to say no to some, some things. And to, that needing to say no to something to make room for something better. Because, like, it's not like Saul's armor was bad. It doesn't say that anywhere in here. And in fact, I'm willing to bet that it was probably some of the best armor in the world. I'm imagining if a king's going into war, he's going to get the absolute best armor available. So why didn't David want it? It's a good thing. Shouldn't he want what's good, especially when his life is on the line? He said no to the armor. He said no to the sword because he knew he had to say yes to something else, something that was going to bring him success. And it didn't look like a sword or a helmet. It looked like five smooth stones and a sling. And aren't we pretty bad at that? Maybe you're not. I'm pretty bad at that. Saying no to things, using that wisdom and that discernment to know what I need to say no to, to make room for something better. Saying no to the armor that feels awesome, looks awesome probably, and it certainly is honoring. Saying no to that so I can pick up the stones. We hate saying no. We don't want to be considered lame. We don't want to get bored. And we really don't want to miss out on things. You know, there's the FOMO, but we, we really do have it. And uh, isn't it kind of ironic that, like, we have so much FOMO, we have so much fear of missing out on things that we won't say yes to things as well. It's like, oh, you want to do this? Uh, maybe. We'll see. And why do we say that? Because we don't want to commit to that because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something else that's going to come up. We hate it. We absolutely hate saying no. We hate missing out on things. Help me out here. We hate saying... What do we hate saying? No. One more time. No. Great. I just want to make sure that everyone knew how to say it. Um, that like your lips could physically make like the... Mm, and the O sound together. And I'm, I'm willing to bet like some of you guys kind of surprised yourself. Like it came out and you're like, whoa, never heard myself say that. <laughs> but what if we started using the foresight that David shows us here? I'm not going to do this. 
but specifically because I need to make room for something else. Adding something on would hinder my ability to do what I know that I need to do. And I've been there. I used to think I could do everything. In fact, I probably knew I could do everything. But you know what the problem was, is I really ended up doing nothing. It's like multitasking. You're not actually working on anything. You're just working on everything poorly. But you're like, Matt, I don't even do anything on Tuesdays. Why wouldn't I say yes if something came up? When was the last time you rested? Sometimes saying no to an activity is saying yes to a rest. I did that this week, and it's awesome. If you don't, if you don't know that, try it. Don't just take my word for it. You might not know how much you need it. Sometimes saying no to something fun is saying yes to finishing your housework, finishing your schoolwork, or again, just getting rest. And you know who else said no sometimes? It was Jesus. And I think that's kind of weird to hear because we think of Jesus as the person that, that would do everything, do anything. But he did say no. And um, first we're going to look at a time where he, he kind of said no, but then like us, sometimes has a hard time keeping that no. Um, and I, I just think it's beautiful because it, it shows how human he really is. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Two things here. First of all, don't recommend calling your mom woman. Probably isn't going to work out. And two, do you know what happened? He made the wine. He turned the water into the wine. And I just, just thinking about it, he was, he was essentially like, Mom, like, no, it's, it's not my time. But like us, we have a hard time keeping our nose. And he did it. Another example, um, when he said no, there was a man that he healed, a guy that had a bunch of demons in him, and um, Jesus sent the demons out into some pigs, and that's a story of its own. You can look that up if you're interested. Uh, but afterwards, the man who he healed came to Jesus begging to let, to let him follow him. And that sounds great, right? Like, yeah, oh, oh, Jesus, would want people, Jesus wants all of us to follow him. Certainly this man should be following Jesus, right? Should be with Jesus. Well, the answer was no. And that is kind of mind-blowing until you read it and think about it. It says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. First, it really does seem wild. He said no to this guy. This guy was begging Jesus to let him follow him. But why did he say no? Jesus had something better planned. 
Why would Jesus want to cheat this man? Oops. When he had something better planned for him, he sent this guy home to be a witness to God's grace and power to the people around him, to the people in his home. We need to get into the habit of realizing and using the foresight to know what we need to say no to. And uh, kind of piggybacking off what I was talking about last week, I think if we're saying no, if we're realizing what we need to say no to, I think that's going to better help us use, use discretion when we need to say no to the devil. What, it'll help us recognize the devil's schemes and say no, because I'm willing to bet that Satan loves a good yes man. Somebody that doesn't even think about, just goes, goes, goes. Yes, yes, yes. Anything that comes up, yeah, I'm in. You want to do this? Yeah, sure, without any thought. But if we put a little bit of thought into it, tried to recognize what our yeses and no's should be. We need to consider saying no to see if it leads to a better yes. Um, and then there's just two more things that I, that I want to say here before we split up. Um, not to contradict myself here, but I do want to make sure I'm not misunderstood uh, because I know there are people that have the opposite problem who just say no to everything. They, they don't want to be bothered. They don't want to have the responsibility. Um, they just say no because they, they don't want to get off the couch. They don't want to get off their phone. So they just say no to every opportunity that comes. That's not the type of no that I'm talking about, just for the record. I keep saying it, but the no I'm talking about is saying no to have a better yes. Saying no to Saul's armor because you know you have to pick up five stones. And then the last thing I'm going to say is that I'm not encouraging you guys to be... Um, cancelers. I don't, I don't know that that's a word, uh, but I'm not encouraging you guys to be somebody that cancels on people. Somebody that says, oh yeah, absolutely, let's make plans, let's do this. And then the day before, be like, ah, I'm just not going to be able to make it. A lot of things came up and you got to be there for people. When you say you're going to do something, you got to be able to do that. And maybe that means you have to say no to other things that come up. And again, I'm not saying you're never going to cancel on somebody, but people need to know that you're going to be trustworthy, that you're going to stick to your word, stick to your plans, and be there for each other. So, just to kind of recap, I'm not saying that when you make plans to just cancel them all the time, just say no to them. I'm not saying say no to every opportunity that comes your way. I'm just saying think about your yeses and your noes. And think if you say yes to something, if it's going to hurt the other areas of your life that are more important. Take off the armor, pick up the stones. I have two discussion questions for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, they seem like really simple discussion questions, but I kind of want you guys to break them down a little bit and 
discuss them? Do you ever say no to things? And do you say yes to the right things? Those are the only two questions I have, and then you guys can pray for each other. Let me pray, and then let's split up into groups of three or four. Dear God, thank you for your example that you give us in your word. Thank you for wisdom that you just, you want to give us, you want to bestow on us. You want us to be able to make the right decisions like David did in this story where, where he took off something good to make room for something great. And I pray that we're able to do that. We're able to use that discernment to know when we need to say no. Know when the no's are going to make a better yes. A yes that can be used to serve you, glorify you, and build your kingdom. Encourage other people. Help us not to just be yes men that say yes to everything that comes our way, including the devil. But let us be able to take those things captive and recognize them. And when they're evil, to destroy them. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. I pray that we're able to grow in it and and just that you would speak to all of us. Thank you. Amen. You guys can split up.